Texas District Leadership Podcast. This is a resource from and for the diverse network of spirit-filled ministers, churches, and ministries of the Assemblies of God. Good day to you, friends, wherever this finds you and however this finds you. I hope you're doing well and walking close with the Lord. This today is going to be the beginning of a three-part series covering the North Texas District core values. Now, whenever we say North Texas District core values, um, this might sound presumptuous or a little audacious, but we really do mean the values of the district and not just the district office. A few months ago, the the three primary leaders of our district, Dr. Galen Clonch, Kermit Bell, and Greg Headley, began to discuss the need for a clarifying way of articulating what is most important to the North Texas District. We, of course, have our 16 fundamental truths for the Assemblies of God, this fellowship as a whole. We have our scriptural mandates from which those come, and so we know what things are important. But there can be something special about finding a way that we, as a specific ministry family, can articulate these things, and how we, as a specific ministry family, can really sort of gauge our effectiveness with how well we are being faithful to what we feel like the Lord has asked us to focus on above all else. And so the question we begin to ask ourselves is, what are the things that are so irreducibly biblical and important that we can say confidently that every credentialed minister within the North Texas family, everywhere in the geographical boundaries of Texas or as a missionary out somewhere in God's wide world, what are the things that are so biblical that if we're not focusing on them, we are missing something? Or if we will place more focus on them, we will please the heart of God and be focusing on what he wants us to focus on. And so we brought these things into six core values, six ways of saying it. And so in this episode, with our superintendent, Dr. Galen Clonch, we're going to cover the first two. So let's play what I've dubbed his theme song and get into the interview with the boss. All hail the chief. Today I'm here with the chief, Dr. Clonch. How are you, sir? Oh, man, I love the song. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. As I've suggested before, I think we should have a marching band on standby and just uh, whenever you enter a room. You know what? We can do that, and uh, thank you for providing it out of your budget. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, and I get to be my own uh, forerunner, so I can be the guy that runs to the doorway and says, ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States. We'll see if you get as many stink eyes as our uh, President did recently at the State of the Union. Yes, uh, maybe I won't go there today. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sounds good. Okay, so Dr. Clunch, um, we are in... We're kicking off today a three-part series of podcasts communicating these core values right. we have come together to form for the North Texas District. Now, context of this is, is several months ago, uh, you and our executive leadership team took a few of us away for a couple of days on a mm -hmm. retreat right. with a wonderful minister and really a, an expert in this area of things, uh, Dr. Mike Clarensall That's right. from Southwestern. And so what he did was he took us through a process of clarifying what are the things that are so irreducibly biblical that we should all be about them? And so these are our core values today. And Dr. Clunch, I wanted to ask this question before we list them, before we get into mm -hmm. them. Why should a local pastor, why should a youth pastor, why should a missionary aide or long-term missionary in Venezuela today care what is coming out of their fellowship's headquarters about core values? Well, you've asked an excellent question, Lennon. 
I'd like to read a statement that uh, we have over our core values that helps me begin to answer that. It says this, The North Texas District is a diverse network of spirit-filled ministers, churches, and ministries. We realized some time ago that we had never really articulated our core values, and so we felt that was important because it becomes the guidelines upon which we move forward as a district. What is important and what is not? And then that becomes a filter by which we evaluate the ministries that we consider for the district. Why a local church should realize that this is important to them is that we're a district of local churches and ministers. The district has vision, but that vision is directly related to the vision of the local church and what happens in the local church. And therefore, these values, we believe, if they're embraced by the local pastor, become as effective for his local congregation in fulfilling their mission as it is for a district. Because we are a district of local churches. That's right. You guys unveiled these at our presbytery prayer retreat right. here at the start of January. Really powerful, incredible time. In fact, you're taking us through some of the notes that you formed for that occasion. Right. And during that time, we actually took three hours and prayed through each one of these core values. And got a lot of feedback from our from our presbyters, from our different sections. You know, I was having a dinner at the end of one of those nights with one of our presbyters, and he said to me, he said, what our executives unveiled today speaks so much to my heart. He said he'd been working through the same process in the local church with, how can I communicate what is important? And, uh, and he said, I think you guys have helped us do that. He said, I'm taking these into my church. These things are so clear that that we can wave this flag and be unique in our expression of ministry, but be consistent in our embracing of certain Pentecostal, just simply biblical convictions. As a matter of fact, Lynn and I would say this, that if any of these core values do not directly help the local church, then they're not going to be a help to the district. That's right. So there's not any of them that I think we can do without. We may eventually add another one. We continue to work on it. It's a work in progress as we look at this. But to me, it's directly related to the vision of the local church. So I believe it will be a help to our pastors, perhaps help them to clarify what is important to the local church as well as what is important to the district. That's right. So here's here's how we're going to proceed, friends. Over the next three weeks, today we have the chief, Dr. Clunch. Next week, we'll have our assistant superintendent, Kermit Bell. And then the third week, we'll have our secretary treasurer, Greg Headley, on with us. And each of them at the prayer retreat, and so on these podcasts, will focus on articulating two of the six core values. So Dr. Clunch will start with the first two today, but let me go ahead and list all six. The first one is this. We are mission-focused. Secondly, we live biblically. Third, we are healthy leaders. Fourth, we love well and reach wide. Fifth, we mobilize all believers. And then sixth, we invest in new frontiers. So, Dr. Clanch, let's begin unpacking the first of these. And you've used an important word. Each one of these do need to be unpacked, and we have scriptural support for each one. And uh, if someone who wants all of this could have it, which also has prayer points to uh, begin to pray these uh, core values. Well, the first one is we are mission-focused, and I'd like to point out that that's mission without the S. Missions is certainly vital to our district, but... But there is something that's even more 
overarching, and that is what we call the mission of God. The Latin terms often used, missio Dei. God has a mission, and it's about the redemption of, of the lost. It runs from eternity to eternity. Revelation 13, 8 says the lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. So the mission of God is what we're about today. And today the mission of God is focused in the local church, I believe, as we are going about the work of evangelism and, and missions and reaching our community and discipleship, all of the things that make a, a local church a strong unit. So let me unpack this just a little bit. What do we mean when we say we are mission focused? Well, some things I'd like to say is that we live with purpose. We don't just choose what our purpose is. Our purpose is predefined for us by the Word of God. That is so important. And that's what keeps us on track. So we live with purpose. And because we are missions-focused, we pray with passion. As a matter of fact, Jesus taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so prayer, as a vital part of the life of the district, certainly it's a vital part of the life of the local church, and of every individual minister. So we live with purpose, we pray with passion, and then we work together, and we are working compelled by the mission of God to advance the kingdom of God and fulfill the Great Commission. That's where missions with an S comes in. Right. Because a part of the mission is that we must take this gospel to the world and reach those all over the world who have never heard about Jesus Christ. So we say this in this statement, that explains this core value. Our assignment is large, our time is short, and every energy must be given to the task at hand. So that covers everything that we do. We don't want to waste time. We don't want to waste resources. We don't want to waste energy. We want to give every effort to fulfill the mission of God because that's really what matters in this world. That's so important because the shift is so easy to make, I've heard it put in a wonderful way, maintainers of aquariums rather than fishers of men. And it could be so so easy to get so immersed within the schedule and rhythm of maintaining the church that we lose a sense of missionness and beyond the walls. And certainly if if we can't articulate this as as pastors, one thing's for certain, no one, none of the lost are saying, hey, will you put something on the calendar for us? That's not going to happen. Yes. So if we don't lead with a mission focus, who's going to? If I could just put it this way, it must be I'm leading not my mission, but his mission. Sometimes we get caught up in what we want to see happen. I heard a message recently preached by Malcolm Berlay, who's our U.S. missions director. It was an incredible message. He talked about the difference in being on assignment and having an agenda. And basically what he's saying is, you know, we're all on assignment. The agenda isn't what I want it to be. It's what God wants it to be. So I don't use the ministry. I don't use the ministry of the church to enhance what my goals are and what uh, my reputation is and, and my success. But it is I'm on assignment to advance the kingdom of God. So all of us, whether we're a district superintendent, a local pastor, a youth pastor, whatever we are, a missionary, we are under a mandate. It is a mandate that Jesus articulated to us, and we include in the scriptural support for this core value, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every believer is called to this mission. Whether you are a called minister 
and is a full-time pastor, missionary, evangelist, whatever. Uh, as you are saved, you become a part of this mission by giving your life as gifted by Christ to minister to others who need to know Jesus. Dr. Clunch, at the retreat, you guys took us through some specific prayer points or just points of emphasis as you explained and led us through prayer for these. Are there any ways you want to flesh this out a little bit more? One of the things that we prayed, Lennon, was that we just wanted to, first of all, begin by declaring our love and our thanks to God for the eternal plan of salvation that Jesus brought to us. Thank God we are saved. Somehow the gospel came to you, and somehow the gospel came to me. And so the mission of God changed my life, and, and God brought that message to me. Jesus died for my sin. So we just began to say, God, thank you for the cross. Thank you for your love and your grace. And then we began to pray that we committed ourselves to the mission of God as the central purpose for our district and local ministries. Uh, as a matter of fact, when the Assemblies of God were founded in 1914, the thing that stands out, and I believe is one of the great reasons God has blessed the Assemblies of God, is that we wanted to launch the greatest evangelism the world had ever seen. If we ever become inner-focused and not outward-focused, we're going to die. Right. This core value keeps us focused outwardly. The third thing that we prayed that day was that we would embrace the Great Commission and promote God's kingdom work with our energy resources and prayer. We are a strong missions movement. I'm putting the S on it now. This is where we send our missionaries all over the world. And North Texas has been a very strategic district in sending missionaries out when we continue to do that with an excitement. We commit ourselves. I want to say here that every local pastor, if you're going to fulfill the mission of God, you got to have a local missions program, and that includes your community, but we cannot leave out the rest of the world. That's right. And so I encourage every pastor to adopt the core value and say, you know what, uh, we're called to a, I like to use the word glocal, it's a global and a local mission. And then we prayed urgently for every NTD ministry, pastor, and church to be aligned according to this core value of fulfilling the mission of God. That's right. So we are mission-focused. That was that first primary core value. And then the second one that you unpacked and led prayer through on the retreat was something that um, it's so simple we might say, well, of course, but it's so important and it's so neglected that we would never presume to leave it out. We live biblically. Boy, there's nothing that I think is more a focus in a, even our national office. Uh, our general superintendent has articulated the fact that one of the greatest needs, his number one need that he believes is challenging the assemblies of God is something that's called biblical literacy. We're living in a generation that doesn't know the Bible. So we as Pentecostal Bible-believing people must begin to demonstrate that ourselves by living biblically, following the Lord Jesus Christ. If we're going to fulfill the mission of God, then we have to not only know the Bible, but we also have to live that out in our daily life. It becomes a part of who we are. It's our DNA. It is It is what drives us. It, it comes out in our words, our actions, in our plans, in our priorities. One of the things we say is that just affirming that we believe the Bible is God's Word. Mm -hmm. There are many challenges to that today. There's people who do not believe the Bible is the Word of God, but we articulate the fact that it is the inspired, infallible, and inerrant Word of God. It has authority. 
and therefore we want to live by it. So we're devoted to the diligent study, and I want to underscore that word diligent. This isn't just a passing fancy or an off-and-on thing. It's a diligent study of the Word of God that produces active obedience, and then we can publicly proclaim the Holy Scriptures with power and authority and results even in a contrary culture a popular culture that passes it off and ignores it and even ridicules it. We've got to be the people that stand for biblical values, biblical lifestyles in the face of this generation of non-believers. That is so important. As you were talking, two things hit me there where you were talking about we have to know it and be familiar with the scriptures, and of course we do. But what I love about our general superintendent, his this national emphasis right now on biblical literacy, is the transformative power of, Absolutely. of being engaged with the Word of God is not anything we have to raise money for. It doesn't require a larger building or a paved parking lot. This is really is a powerful thing we have at our disposal that we can benefit more just by emphasizing sizing it more. Here's something really that I've been thinking about so much lately. You spoke of sort of the loss of biblical influence and authority in our culture. A lot would disagree with whether or not the Bible should be uh, authoritative. And of course, what we're left with whenever we don't have any, uh, whenever we don't have God's standard to measure ourselves against is to just live by our our sort of own emotions. That's right. And so whenever we are appealing to Scripture and we're constantly getting Scripture in our hearts, that is really the only way we can assure that ourselves as ministers that we feel the way we should about what is true. That's right. So our own hearts don't go astray. And certainly as we're parenting and we're leading congregations, to help people feel as they should will only happen if they agree with the truth that God has revealed and if they're interacting with it enough so that that sharper than any double-edged sword, living and active nature of God's Word Mm -hmm. can actually affect them. So I'm freaking out over here a little bit. <laughs> I, I so appreciate what you're what you're leading us through. And you know, the truth of the matter is that doesn't happen. Everything you just said doesn't happen if we don't start reading the Word of God on a regular basis. Yes. It's a living book. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. Hebrews tells us in chapter 4 that the Word of God is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. But you know, if we really were to measure, and there are statistics that are being gathered. The four or more things right, being repeated so consistently. That people who are you know, very inconsistent in reading the Word of God. Um, You know, I can believe the Bible is the inspired Word of God, but it's in those moments when I sit down and encounter the Word of God. And for pastors, let me say this, not just to prepare a sermon, but for my own enhancement of allowing God to speak to me. The Word of God will speak. The Holy Spirit through the Word will speak to the pastor and transform our lives. You know, over the years of preaching, and I'm kind of speaking to preachers right now. Go ahead. If when I was preparing the message, it didn't stir me. The Word did not like a fire in my bones. It was pretty dead when it was delivered. But when that Word that God needed to to come forth for that specific situation, and I always believe God has that word, became a fire in my heart, then I could passionately deliver that. So living biblically means we live in the word. It's a daily part of who we are. And so I encourage our laity, I encourage our ministers to be diligent in study and uh, go deep in the word of God. Every word is powerful, and every word 
God can make it live through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I challenge pastors, look, don't go get your sermons offline, someone else's sermons off the web. Sure, we all share each other's information, nothing wrong with that. But if it becomes a habit that I'm not in the Word of God, let me just go back for a moment. When Jesus was battling Satan at the temptations, every time he came back, it is written, it is written, it is written. And with that, he defeated the enemy. So living biblically is involved in everything from our personal walk of holiness, our personal discipleship, to our public ministry from the pulpits and from our teaching lecterns uh, as we share what it means to be a true Christ follower. What you said about, um, I realize it's a it's a real bully pulpit point for certain people on, on the not getting your sermons offline. One of our NTD ministers, we were talking about this one day, and he said, you know what happened to me? He said, I got so used to leaning on other ministers for content that I lost confidence that the Lord could really use me. Yeah. And he said, and, and I would go to the scripture and I would so struggle with, am I understanding it rightly? Am I going to be able to communicate this rightly? This is a very gifted God godly mm-hmm. man. But it really did have such an effect as where we need to make sure we don't neglect that time of sitting with the Word of God for ourselves, like Absolutely. you're talking about, and letting the Spirit stir us. Because it is uh, you, pastor or missionary, who the Lord has put in your context, and it is you he is wanting to stir to lead your specific people. So research, yes. Learn, yes. But apples to apples, you know, cut and paste. I would just encourage you that God wants to be more specific through you for your people than he does through someone else who stuff you have been helped by, but is not specifically what your people need. I think we could take some practical steps, and I fully agree with what you just said. We can take some practical steps. Many people to read the Bible through every year. And I think that's wonderful. I hope that you've already started. If you haven't, uh, you can start today and begin to read that. Also, a, a good devotional book, one that really speaks to your heart, a biography of a Christian who has done some great things for God, and then maybe more formal Bible study. There is a depth of the Word of God that begins to develop. You know, I love our senior ministers and our senior saints as I've pastored over the years. They've walked with God through so much. They've been through so many battles. They've studied the Word. They've heard the Word that, boy, they have a depth. And I always knew there were people in my church I pastored that uh, had a depth in God even more than I had because they'd walked with God longer. Right, And so I encourage you to take some active steps. Uh, Time's always a challenge, uh, having the time to do this. And yet if we start and then ask God to show us how to increase our walk in the Word, then living biblically becomes more than sermon preparation. It becomes more than just a temporary and inconsistent devotional time. It becomes a passion becomes a zeal. It becomes a commitment. As a matter of fact, the prayer we prayed at the at the presbytery, we will not compromise or dilute the Word of God in the face of an opposing culture. Mm-hmm. We just make that commitment. Let us pray for our churches that have not maintained the Word of God as a priority in their church culture. There are churches who have wonderful ministry, but The people aren't learning the Word of God. There's great applications being made, but our people aren't being taught the Word of God. And so, actually, both should go together. Right. There is 
exegesis, there's application, and there's illustration. And if all three of those things can happen in a message, it doesn't have to be hours and hours of exegesis, but there's a nugget of truth there that then is made practical and then illustrated. People can then understand how that changes their life. And then we prayed that we passionately commit to passing the word of the God to the new generations coming along. Let us pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill this mandate. So one of the things that we believe is so critical for the district and the local church is that we make the word of God a priority because it is the only authority we have in this world in Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, Dr. Clunch, thank you for being with us today. Why don't you uh, close us out just by praying for thank those you. listening? I believe there are uh, pastors who are doing the dishes at home. <laughs> uh, there there might be a young missionary aide walking across a, a campus working with Chi Alpha. Who knows? But uh, there are people listening who I think needed this. And would you pray for them? Amen. Lord, first of all, we thank you for the Word of God that has been inspired by the Holy Spirit. You are the living Word, Lord Jesus, but you've also given us the written Word that is not just a man-made book. It is inspired by God and is given to us for the need we have to face this life and fulfill our ministry. I pray for someone who may be listening today that To be honest, their encounter with the Word of God has been kind of inconsistent, maybe even uh, lacking. Lord, would you stir within their heart a passion and a desire to re-engage with the Word of God? And as they do, may your Holy Spirit begin to speak so profoundly. The words begin to leap off of the page. It's like a fire in my bones, the prophet said, as he spoke about what God had given to him. Lord, may you truly make us a people who live biblically, and in doing that, we can fulfill the mission of God in our life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, friends. Wherever you're serving uh, with the North Texas District, whether that's in our Texas geography or somewhere out in the world, we love you. We're thankful for you. Have a great week. Amen.